0: Over the scope of five years, IPv6 deployment has increased 3,000%. It's episode 330 of the Dan York Report, and that is one of many different statistics that are available in the brand new State of IPv6 Deployment 2017 report that was just released today, June 6, 2017, on the fifth anniversary of world IPv6 launch. Now I have a link for the show notes, but uh, my colleague Matt Ford has written a number of different uh, spots. This information about how, uh, like I said, IPv6 growth or uh, deployment has increased three thousand percent in five years. Back in 2011 and uh, 2012, when this first when World IPv6 launch first happened, Google was down. Google's percentage of stats was uh, showing about down under one percent. Now we're up almost at 20%, about 18 and a bit right now. Some of the measurements have shown over 37 countries getting over 5% of their traffic. Um, 25% of the Alexa top 1,000 websites are doing that, uh, are IPv6 capable. Um, many large mobile networks are only IPv6. Um, some organizations like Facebook, LinkedIn, etc., are moving to having uh, only IPv6 on their internal networks with IPv4 on the edge. Um, it's it's just amazing to watch the growth and to see the curve. So if you go and look for the state of IPv6 deployment 2017, the report that came out today, June 6th, you can find it on the Internet Society's website, InternetSciety.org, or just search for it, or I'll have a link in the show notes. It's uh, it's a good report that goes down and walks through what the different aspects are of IPv6 deployment. It uh, starts out with an introduction, giving a kind of timeline of where things are about IPv4 depletion and what's happening with the lack of IPv4 addresses. It talks through some of the common myths and, and issues that are there. It goes through some operator case studies, talking about how they've uh, deployed IPv6 all over the place, talking about uh, Reliance JIO in India, Verizon Wireless in North America, um, Facebook, universities, other different places are there. Then they talk a bit about some of the different uh, viewpoints on IPv6 in terms of um, how it's being used out there, talking about the Alexa rankings, talking about network operator management measurements and seeing what, um, what they're seeing there. Uh, talking about how, um, you know, like uh, they mentioned here, an example of Swisscom, seeing that 35% of their customers in 2014 were IPv6 capable. And um, in by mid-2015, it was up to 20, 76% were IPv6 capable. And it keeps on going from there on up in different ways. They show some of the statistics around countries and regions, you know, in uh, in North America, for instance, we're up around thirty-two percent IPv6 capable, and about thirty percent getting preferring IPv6. They talk about DNS, about uh, translation between v4 and v6, IPv6 routing, and so on and so forth. Um, the key point, and it it goes on and talks about enterprise networks and and IPv4 market, the the uh, the at market for ipv4 address space etc the key point really out of all of this is that the time is now to move to ipv6 it talks about how enterprise networks tend to be the ones that are not yet moving to ipv6 but, you know, we're seeing and what I'm excited about, quite honestly, is we're seeing the market start to to get into play here because you're starting to get a case where if you need more IP addresses, you have to pay for them and somewhere between often now 10 to $15 per address or more. So if you want to deploy more address space, you uh, you have to buy it. And for me, I'm excited about that on one level because what it means is it starts to force, it makes more business decisions based on the fact that if you have to pay X amount to go get more IP address space, at some point, the amount that you have to pay for IPv4 starts to balance out with the amount that it's going to cost you to redo your network or to get your appliances or whatever kinds of things you need to do to get to IPv6. So i'm glad let it bring it on let it go that way because the more financial pressure that we create the more there's an easy sense to move to ipv6 where address blocks are very easy to come by very easy to work with so the the document talks about some of the remaining challenges that are out there um some of them is that uh, you know some of it's some of the Customer premise equipment. Some of its, some of the other uh, ongoing challenges with things, but it then gets into recommendations. Basically, just saying, you know, the time is now to get started. It provides uh, the report provides a link to a number of the different kinds of requirements out there. Some of the deployment uh, articles, including some of those coming out of the Deploy 360 program, which I was involved with before, and and just really focus on the fact that it's it's now. The time is now to start to uh, get out there with IPv6 if you have not already done so. So I'd encourage you to take a read of it. You can find it, uh, actually, if you just do a search on state of IPv6 deployment 2017, or again, I'll have a link in the show notes for where you can find out more. But that's it. If you haven't started deploying IPv6, you really need to, man. It's way past the time where you should be thinking about that. You need to be looking at it. You know, you need to be take, checking it out. If you're thinking about migrating your uh, your applications, if that's one of your barriers, well, I wrote a short little book about that, which has some ideas from O'Reilly, Migrating Applications to IPv6. If you're looking for deployment de- advice, there's lots of resources out there to help with this. Some great information for enterprise networks for so much more. You've got to go check it out. That's it. This is World the fifth well, anniversary of world IPv6 launch. And it's a great time to be out there looking at IPv6 because the growth, the growth curve, the trends are all up and to the right. It's amazing. And uh, check it out. And deploy IPv6. That's all for now. Bye.